You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 198 of Canadians Connection, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, Rick? And happy long weekend. Happy long weekend to you, uh, too. Happy Canada Day uh, to our listeners north of the border and happy Independence Day uh, to those south of the border. And uh, we know we have a lot of listeners on on both sides as well as, as Europe and around the world. So we're happy that you're all joining us uh, on this long weekend. It's a special day for us, of course. The draft's coming up for the Montreal Canadiens and there's been um, a fair bit of news about that this week that we're going to get to. But what's special for us? Well, we're welcoming in season number five of the Canadians Connection. The Canadians Connection podcast um, launched in 2017, and uh, we're all we're pretty excited about uh, what's to come in this year. Um, and it, it reminds us that. Um, Gee, we've been doing this for a while. As you said, this is episode 198. We're calling it the final countdown, right versus Slav. Um, but we've been we've been doing we've been doing this podcast uh, since 2017, going into our uh, fifth year. Uh, we've been doing podcasts uh, with Rocket Sports and with uh, All Habs Hockey Magazine way back to uh, 2011. Um, you know, we're we're a pretty humble group here. We don't talk about uh, things like this very often, but we've been doing this a while. Um, we we kind of dipped our toe into the world of podcasting in 2011, uh, long before many, you know, you can get all kinds of podcasts uh, these days, lots of fan podcasts out there. Uh, we've been doing this since 2011 and started with Habs 360 and, and uh, worked with Chris G and we put out uh, over a seven year run, we put out uh, about 250 episodes of that. And then, uh, reformatted, uh, changed the name, and and uh, but still, every single Saturday, uh, we'll be here, and we've been here for a, a long time, and 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 that longevity gives us some experience, gives us a, an overview, um, 
And uh, we like to bill ourselves as, as uh, the source you can trust. And you certainly, oh, there's lots of things to say. There's lots of, lots of drama, lots of, of rumors, lots of speculation. But, but we, we try to be a little bit grounded here and, uh, and, and, and give you information that, uh, that you can take to the bank. So we welcome you into, to our listeners into season five. Uh, Michael, this, uh, you know, you, you um, worked your way through uh, last year and now uh, entering um, season five with the Canadians Connection uh, as co-host with me. Um, couldn't be happier. Yeah, congratulations on, uh, I guess, coming into five excellent seasons. And uh, we're almost at that episode 200 as well. Yeah, so Big milestone. Big, big milestones for Canadians Connection, and I'm um, happy to be here and a part of it. But today on uh, episode 198, uh, we do have quite a bit uh, of different things to get through. We're going to start you off here uh, with some interesting headlines. There's also some roster news. We have our prospect report. And to end segment one, uh, we've got some news from around the league. And that brings us to our big segment two, uh, the big topic, the final countdown. What's the latest on the Habs' upcoming first overall selection? We will get you all up to date and have some discussions on what is going on with that. All sorts of crazy headlines coming from around the league on that. So we'll keep you on form there. And then segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment, uh, our Canadians Connection Question of the Week. Shane Wright or Uri Slavkovsky. We want to make sure that we hear from you. And Rick, what is the best way that uh, we can hear from our listeners? Directly, if you want to reach us at any time, day or night, you can text us. We have a Rocket Sports text line. That text line is 5853-ROCKET. 5853-ROCKET, you can text us. And we're glad to take your text. We'll read some of them on the air and uh, answer those that we can. And uh, if you've got something a little longer to say, you might want to email us, info at allhabs.net. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. So here are a couple interesting headlines from this past week. To start off, Joel Edmondson, Brendan Gallagher, and Carey Price came together for a slow-pitch charity tournament in Kelowna, B.C. The trio participated in the annual George's Como home-based charity All-Star Game and slow-pitch tournament. Uh, this is a tournament that features uh, former Canadians defenseman Josh Georges and uh, NHLer Blake Como. Yeah, it's their tournament. Um, something started by Blake Como and Josh Georges um, uh, years ago, and um, and they they had this tournament, this slow pitch tournament that runs over the weekend in uh, Kelowna. The, uh, Kelowna. This was uh, last weekend, and then on um, one of the nights is a, a celebrity NHL All Star match, and for that they bring in their friends. And it was uh, Carey Price was there, Shea Weber was there, Brendan Gallagher, uh, the Canadians contingent, and Tyson Berry, the Shen brothers, Jordan Tutu. Uh, a big event, uh, a wonderful charity. Uh, it all goes, uh, the almost $250,000 that they raised uh, go to the community mental health care needs uh, of the Kelowna community. So wonderful to for them all to get together for this charity uh, function. And, and listen, it was also good to see Carrie Price out there uh, looking pretty good uh, on the ball diamond. So last week we took a look at real estate listings and we saw Shea Weber's house up for sale. This week we take a look and it appears that uh, Sam Montembeau has purchased a house in Montreal. 
which is interesting given that he's uh, an RFA going into this offseason. So do you have uh, an inkling on what might be up with that? Well, he didn't buy Shea Weber's house. I can tell you that. He did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He did not buy Shea Weber's uh, almost $4 million house. Um, uh, this this was posted uh, on uh, Sam Montembeau's uh, girlfriend's Instagram account, Darianne is her name. Um, the two of them standing in front of a, a, a lovely uh, brick house uh, with the uh, sold sign in, in their arms. Um, and, and what does this mean? Uh, it's hard to take anything out of it. We know Sam Montembeau wants to be in Montreal. That's he, he, um, he got a, an amazing opportunity uh, is Sam a, an NHL goaltender? Um, well, I don't know, um, but he 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 feels comfortable in Montreal, obviously, um, and uh, would love to be um, part of the Canadians uh, next year. Whether w- whether that will happen or not, we don't know. Whether the Canadians will look for an upgrade on him, whether uh, the Canadians will just go into the season um, if they get the the positive news from Carey Price with with. Uh, Kerry and uh, Jake Allen um, and Caden Primo uh, uh, spending a, his first full season uh, without disturbance in, in Laval. All of that is is quite up in the air. Um, and, but what we know is that um, that Sam has made his his uh, preference known and he's put a bit uh, some roots down. So make sure you check out all of the Habs notepads coming out every week, as well as Habs headlines appearing regularly at allhabs.net. Now it's time for our roster news. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens will play eight preseason games this fall, beginning on Monday, September the 26th, against New Jersey at the Bell Centre. This preseason, they will also face the Senators four times, the Maple Leafs twice, and they will also get a, a look against the Winnipeg Jets. So, uh, four home games, four away games. We mentioned last week two of those uh, away games are going to be part of Kraft Hockeyville um, in New Brunswick and Newfoundland. Uh, and uh, thank you f- uh, to all of, of the folks from Newfoundland uh, in, in the Gander area who have been texting us at 5853 Rocket. No, we don't have tickets. Uh, you, <laughs> you might want to check with. Uh, uh, the community arena there uh, when they will be available. Uh, the Canadians are going to get to know uh, the Ottawa Senators very, very well in the preseason with uh, with four of their games against uh, the Sens. Uh, two games, as you said, against the Leafs, and uh, then uh, a nice opportunity to see the Jets, uh, which uh, doesn't happen that often in the preseason. Um, and that New Jersey game. Now, is is that going to feature... Shane Wright versus Yuri Slavkowski, and 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 which team is which player going to be on? <laughs> that that will be uh, something we'll wait and see. Um, but a full preseason, eight games, and uh, wow, the 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 new season is just around the corner. I think it's 86, 86 days away or thereabouts still Habs hockey. Well, when you put it that way, it sounds like an eternity. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. Uh, Montreal being in a rebuild, it's always fun to see what's happening in the preseason. And uh, we'll get to take a look at a lot of really awesome prospects, too. For sure. 
One of those guys will be uh, Canadians defenseman Jordan Harris. Uh, he recently graduated with a Bachelor of Administration degree from Northeastern University. Uh, a Bachelor of Administration uh, that's going to open up a lot of opportunities uh, with commercial enterprises and entrepreneurship. Uh, if you're wondering uh, what kind of opportunities come along with that. But uh, I get the feeling Jordan Harris is going to be focused on hockey. For now, uh, yeah, all hockey. Um, he's, uh, he's spending his summer just outside of Boston at his family home in Haverhill. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's mowing the lawn, he's, he's uh, washing the dishes, and he's attending a summer camp and working on his skills, getting ready for uh, the camp. But um, we know that, that education was important to him, was important to his family, and uh, caused a bit of a stir when he chose to go back to Northeastern for his final year, um, rather than accept uh, Mark Bergevin's offer um, uh, of joining the, the, the Canadians at the end of last year, um, as Cole Caulfield did. But it, but it was obviously the right decision, the right decision for him he completed his degree. The, the only unfortunate part is um, he got his degree from Northeastern in the mail um, because he wasn't able to be at his convocation ceremonies. He was overseas in Finland attending the World Championship, which because of a, a mistake where he wasn't registered, he didn't get to play, but he stayed for the whole tournament. But, um, you know, a very proud graduate. His par- and parents are obviously very proud of him. And, um, you know, as he says, he's, he's, uh, education is important, but, uh, it's, uh, he's pursuing his career full-time in hockey. So congratulations to Jordan Harris on finishing that degree. Our Sean Burke uh, watch has come to an end. Sean Burke was named the director of goaltending and NHL coaching, NHL goaltending coach. For the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, so after a few weeks of keeping an eye on what is going on with Sean Burke, uh, our watch is finally concluded. It has. Um, why do? Why did we have a Sean Burke watch? Well, we remember that uh, Sean Burke was promoted uh, from a uh, Western scout to the director of goaltending when uh, Mark Bergevin uh, was putting together. Um, a, a department of goaltending, as many other teams have, um, and and uh, and and named Sean Burke as director of goaltending. Now there was uh, there was some confusion, obviously, um, when Kent Hughes was asked the question, and and Kent said, "No, we didn't name him. I don't think so. It, it, it was a discussion, maybe, but and of course that led to um, it led to that." that watch of the Canadians website where he was clearly uh, presented as, as the Canadians director of goaltending. Interestingly enough that it was Tuesday that it was announced um, that uh, he was the director of goaltending for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, The, uh, his image was taken down on Thursday on the Canadians website, a little bit of delay there. Um, But it was obvious with Ken Hughes, not knowing his status, um, that uh, he didn't fit into uh, the new structure, the, the plans for the hockey operations department. Uh, that, and, and Sean Burke's contract w- uh, ended on, on June 30th um, without being planned. And, and listen, it's better for Sean. Sean Burke had no interest in coming east. He wanted to stay uh, west, his, his home in Arizona. So this is, this is ideal for him, obviously. Um, and he has a... a, a 
very good position with a very good good organization. I'm sure he's happy, and the Canadians will um, uh, continue to to rebuild that hockey ops department. Yeah, so another thing to put on their list going into this summer. Now it's time for our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket assistant coach Kelly Buckberger was inducted into the Ted Knight Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Kelly played 17 seasons in the NHL as a forward with the Edmonton Oilers, the Atlanta Thrashers, the Los Angeles Kings, Phoenix Coyotes, and Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's over a thousand regular season games. Uh, he won two Stanley Cups with the Oilers in uh, 1987 and 1990. But more recently, uh, Buck Berger was an assistant coach uh, in the AHL for the Edmonton Roadrunners. Uh, Buck Berger was hired as an assistant coach uh, by the New York Islanders in uh, 2018, and he was the head coach for the Tri City Americans. We uh, we've we've talked about the the bench um, for the Laval Rocket headed by J.F. Uhl, uh and talked about the 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 coaching experience um, and playing experience uh, that's on that bench and and uh, contributing to that is Kelly Buckberger, um, you know, a captain of the Oilers um, and and as you said two uh, two Stanley Cups and then has been uh, coaching. Um, his coaching year uh, career has been about 15 years or so um, in in the AHL in the NHL. Um, so lots and lots of experience. Interestingly enough, that um, if you remember Kelly, he was he was a forward, uh, uh, a gritty forward, and uh, but he has been uh, the defensive coach. Uh, with Laval and and um, you know as we've said many times the uh, the Laval defense last year was probably the best in the National Hockey in the American Hockey League and um, and did a great job there so a real nice honor for him being um, inducted into the Saskatchewan Hockey Hall of Fame and and uh, just another honor um, to add to uh, all of those uh, on the Laval bench. So congratulations to Buckberger on that. And and we'll just uh, just add to that. Keep in mind, uh, there is a vacancy. <laughs> there is a yep. vacancy on the Montreal Canadiens bench. So we're we're watching to see what happens there. Yeah, we'll make sure we keep everyone up to date on that. So taking a look over at the Memorial Cup, it concluded this past week, and the St. John Sea Dogs beat the Hamilton Bulldogs to win the Memorial Cup. Uh, so Montreal went into this tournament with the most prospects on all the teams, and unfortunately, none of them ended up winning. Uh, the Bulldogs went to the final uh, with uh, Meshack and Arbor Jackai, and they fell 6-3 to three in the tourney, and the Sea Dogs did walk away victorious. Uh, it's It was a good uh, Memorial Cup uh, tournament. Um, um Particularly for for all three prospects, uh, Caden Gooley being uh, the other, uh, but particularly for the Bulldogs uh, prospects, uh, Meshack, uh, that overtime goal to get them into the final. Uh, Arbor Jackai was was named to the Memorial Cup All Star team, um, but it's you know it's 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 an interesting tournament uh, because 
the the uh, Memorial Cup is made up of three teams who are the winners um, from the the uh, all the CHL divisions, the Q, uh, the OHL, and the WHL. Um, and they go through a really difficult um, playoff tourney and, and, you know, with injuries and, and fatigue and all of that, and then they go right into the Memorial Cup. The host, which this year was the St. John Sea Dogs, uh, sits and rests and recovers and practices, and uh, they even went through a, a coaching change, um, and, and with 38 days to do all of that, uh, the sea the sea dogs uh, uh, were able to win uh, the Memorial Cup. So, um, a wonderful tournament, and uh, and congratulations to the Canadians' prospects. So potentially a new strategy for that tournament going forward. Uh, we'll keep an eye on how that goes. Uh, you mentioned that Arvo Jackai did make uh, the Memorial Cup All-Star team as a defenseman. Uh, he was the top-scoring D in the tournament. Uh, his stats in the playoffs, 16 points in 18 games. So uh, look out for Arvo Jackai. A great tournament for him and a bit of a coming-home party. For sure. So be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report and listen slash subscribe to the Press Zone. Last week's podcast featured another edition of the AHL Hot Stove where Rick, Amy, and Patrick wrapped up the Colder Cup final. And it was a, an opportunity to start to look ahead with some coaching changes uh, in the AHL. Uh, we're going to go out and talk about NHL coaching changes, but uh, there's a trickle-down effect, and sometimes uh, those coaches are promoted. Um so listen to the, the Press Zone, subscribe to the Press Zone, and, and be sure that you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast as well. So we'll get to those uh, coaching changes momentarily, but uh, first I just wanted to give everyone a friendly reminder about the NHL entry draft in Montreal. That comes up next Thursday and Friday, the 7th and 8th of July. Uh, the Rocket Sports team will be on site at Bell Center. So tweet tweet at us, uh, come meet us, take some pics. If uh, you want me to be a celebrity, that's, uh, that's all the things <laughs> I want you to do. We're going to have uh, quite a, as we do, we have uh, through our partnership with the NHL, who've been kind enough to, uh, to, to um, look after us with respect to tickets. And, and uh, we always bring a, a, a great group uh, to the draft. We're going to have the Rocket Sports team. We're going to have some of our, uh, experts that that show up here on the uh, podcast, and we're going to have some some uh, a fan contingent uh, group of fans who have been with us uh, at at previous drafts. It's always a fun time. Uh, as as you said, find find the group of us, uh, tweet at us, and and uh, we'd be happy to meet uh, all of the fans out there. Uh, particularly given uh, that it's uh, in Montreal this year. Well, we have our Stanley Cup playoffs update. They did include, uh, did conclude this past week. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche are the 2022 Stanley Cup winners. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly presented the cup. Uh, Lekkinen won, uh, won uh, the cup with uh, his cup-winning goal. Uh, it was a two-to-one game uh, in that final game there, and uh, Tampa's losing winning streak is over uh, after uh, back-to-back Stanley Cups. Kale McCarr gets a con Smythe, uh, well-deserved. Uh, if you watched any of that series, I think uh, two of the guys that stood out the most to me were both uh, Lekkonen and McCarr. What a job by Joe Sackick. Uh, amazing job going from last. This, this should give Canadians fans hope, um, you know, five years ago to, to a cup. 
uh, putting together uh, just the moves he made at the deadline were all right moves and none better than um, than going and and reaching out and trading for Arturi Lekkinen, who was key throughout the playoffs, key throughout the season, but scored the uh, the overtime winner to get them into to get the Avalanche into the the Stanley Cup. And then scored the game-winning goal uh, in the deciding game. Uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, for uh, Arturi Lekkinen. We're, we're very happy for him. Uh, a guy who uh, you know is smart, who works hard, um, and really never got the the recognition that he deserved uh, from fans or the team while he was in. Um, uh, Montreal, but we can tell from our Facebook page, fa- facebook.com slash allhabs, the love for Arturi Lekkinen. Uh, and it was a tough season for the Montreal Canadiens, but we can be happy for good stories. And uh, Arturi Lekkinen and his family are, are a great story. And we're really happy that uh, that they won the Stanley Cup. Just a, a, a by the way, you mentioned that it was Bill Daly. Uh, that presented the first uh, presented the Stanley Cup for the first time in I think it was since uh, that it was the first time uh, that that someone else has presented the cup other than Gary Batman since about '93 and and um, and uh, unfortunately uh, Batman came down with uh, was diagnosed with COVID uh, so Bill Daly had to step in. But uh, going back to Lekkonen, what a great. T- what a great trade for both teams. Uh, obviously, Montreal got a great package, uh, getting Barron and some draft picks. And then if you Colorado, you know what? You just won the Cup, so you're pretty happy with that too. So mm-hmm. uh, great trade uh, by both GMs, and uh, big congratulations to uh, Arturi Lekkonen. And as uh, I just teased earlier, it's our NHL coaching carousel time. Uh, the big one that went down, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks introduced Luke Richardson as their head coach. I know we discussed this briefly last week, uh, but the official announcement did come out this week. So big congratulations to Luke and his family. I know he's been uh, banking on getting an NHL head coaching job for a while now, so it's it's nice to see him uh, finally get that. Uh, really happy for Luke Richardson, and if you watch the his introduction to Chicago, uh, the the thorough process that. Uh, that the Blackhawks went through um, interviews that, that lasted. The first interview, I think, was four hours. This, the second interview was most of the day that included a dinner and and uh, watching a Stanley Cup playoff game afterwards and, and all the while picking Luke Richardson's brain and, and uh, pretty clear that he was ready for the opportunity to be uh, a head coach. He wasn't going to get that opportunity in Montreal. Uh, and it was the Blackhawks that reached out to Canadians, asked for permission to talk to him, and they said they were, Kyle Davidson was absolutely blown away uh, by the knowledge, uh, the detail, the the communication that he has, uh, and they, they reached out to former players, and no one had a bad word to say about uh, Luke Richardson. Uh, Luke Richardson, um, he's a good guy. He's, he, you know, uh, a, an amazing player. Uh, uh, play a career as a player, uh, top ten in game play, uh, games played for defensemen all time, uh, and then uh, has uh, been build, building his coaching career um, in the AHL, NHL, a, a head coach in the AHL, and uh, it looks like he's he's uh, with a four year contract in hand. He's going to get an opportunity to turn around. Um, 
one of the original six franchises, um, a, a franchise with a great, uh, one of the great uh, um, jerseys in the league, uh, one of the great buildings in the league, uh, you know, rivals the, the Bell Center in terms of size, and within, for my money, the best uh, anthem singer in Jim Cornelson in the league. And, and Luke Richardson said, um, you know, his first game as a player was played um, not at the United Center, but at the Chicago Stadium. And, and he said, but any time coming into Chicago, hearing the fans, uh, hearing the, uh, the anthems, um, it, was, uh, it was something that was very intimidating. And now he is glad to use, have that on his side. Uh, so we're all happy as we as uh, just as we're happy for our Terry Lackanen success, we're very happy for Luke Richardson. Yeah, a nice feel good story for uh, Luke Richardson. There, he'll have plenty of uh, young players to work with, uh, plenty of uh, I guess future Hall of Fame vets there, and guys like Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. So huge opportunity, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. He said he was very excited to work with uh, Seth Jones, and and you can understand why. Um, not a bad arm on Luke Richardson either. He threw out the first pitch at the Chicago Cubs game. <laughs> So we'll move out to, to the West Coast. Uh, the San Jose Sharks have fired head coach Bob Buchner. Uh, he was hired to replace Pete DeBoer uh, a few years ago. He missed the playoffs in back-to-back years. Uh, the Sharks are one of these teams that are kind of in between rebuild, in between making the playoffs, and uh, I guess a tough break for Bob. Well, uh, yeah, uh, missed the, the, the playoffs three times, so you understand um... – you understand that Bob Bugner is thought of as as one of the brightest uh, young coaches um, in in the NHL. Of course, uh, had a lot of success um, with the Windsor Spitfires, as uh, he did a little bit of everything there, from coach to GM to to um, uh, president. Um, and and the, the the thing that bothers me a little is how late this came. The you know uh, San Jose. Uh, they didn't have a great season. They they could have let him go and the entire coaching staff at the end of the season, given an opportunity for Bob Bugner to be in on some of this coaching carousel. It's pretty late now, um, and uh, almost all the seats are are filled, uh, other than really uh, San Jose. So uh, the the organization said they wanted to to who were looking for a GM. They wanted to clear house. Uh, let the GM uh, pick his own crew. I just think it, it uh, uh, poorly timed uh, on their uh, behalf. A, a good person in Bob Bugner, and, and we wish him well. The Boston Bruins have hired Jim Montgomery as head coach. He'll be replacing Bruce Cassidy. Uh, Montgomery spent the last two seasons as an assistant in St. Louis. So I, I think this will be a nice fit. Uh, I, I like uh, what he was able to do in St. Louis and uh, maybe bring that sort of style over to Boston. Jim Montgomery is a great coach, a great coach. Um, what he did uh, in the NCAA, particularly with uh, the University of Denver, an excellent coach. Um, and then he went to to Dallas um, for his first NHL head coaching gig, uh, and he ran into some some personal issues, um, and uh, that was unfortunate. Rick Bonus had to to step in there for him. Um, he's has his personal problems under control, and uh, as you said, uh, was reintroduced with St. Louis, and now gets uh, back in the head coaching chair. Uh, for the Boston Bruins, uh, going to be interesting. 
a Montreal native. Uh, he, he's from Montreal, uh, going to be guiding the Bruins. That's going to be interesting for me, no doubt. He, I, and I know he was a, a Canadians fan growing up. Um, so it's, uh, Good, good luck with Jim Montgomery, who who's a good guy, and, and you liked, uh, we, you just like those redemption stories. Yep, uh, I guess um, growing up a Montreal Canadiens fan and then spending the last two seasons in St. Louis, so there's always a Canadiens connection to these. Absolutely. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings have hired Derek Lalonde as their head coach, uh, the former assistant coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, he won a few cups, and uh, Iserman's very uh, familiar with Derek Lalonde, so I think that's a good match. For sure, and he, we talked about uh, this that this was going to happen. That the, the Tampa bench is very strong, um, in addition to John Cooper, and we knew that one of these um, one of the assistant coaches would um, get get poached, and and uh, Derek Lalonde is 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 a good choice. Lots of uh, coaching experience uh, in every league: NCAA, uh, ECHL, ACH. Uh, AHL and NHL, um, so uh, a good, a really good choice for uh, Iserman here. And you mentioned Rick Bonus not too long ago. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets have hired Rick Bonus as their head coach. Uh, he was formerly the head coach of the Stars and a longtime assistant coach from around the league. I think I don't want to go through and list everybody, but I feel like he's done uh, some coaching for almost every team at this point. So uh, the Winnipeg Jets are getting a ton of experience behind the bench with Rick Bonus. Well, most importantly, um, he has a long history with uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, the Winnipeg Jets version one, um, he was an assistant coach. He uh, coached the farm team. And uh, after Dan Maloney was, was fired, uh, he was the head coach of, of the Winnipeg Jets briefly. So uh, they love Rick Bonus in, um, in Winnipeg. Uh, they talked about uh, how important uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff talked about how important experience was. Uh, so originally it was Barry Trotz that, that they made the offer for. Um, as we talked about last week, Barry Trotz has decided to spend uh, this next year with his family. Uh, so it, this was a... You know, in terms of experience, one of the most experienced coaches uh, in the league, and and uh, uh, his familiarity already with Winnipeg is going to help him. And and uh, the the fans uh, already uh, know who he is, and and will welcome him uh, warmly. And our final bit of news here, uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame announced its class of 2022. So I'll read through these names here. Uh, Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin, Roberto Luongo, Daniel Alfredson, uh, Rika Salainen, and Herb Carnegie. Uh, I think that's a really awesome class. Interesting note that uh, no Stanley Cups amongst this group, but uh, I think they got it right. I'm happy with all of that. Uh, Herb Carnegie in the builder category, that's, uh, that's awfully nice. And, and pretty Vancouver Canucks heavy uh, yeah. with the Sedins and Roberto Luongo. I, I'm all in for um, Roberto Luongo's uh, uh, acceptance speech, induction speech, is going to be entertaining for sure. And I'm looking forward to that. Of course. So I think that's uh, all for uh, segment one here. Coming up uh, is our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. 
Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure you follow him at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. And welcome to the big topic, Rick. Uh, this will be our final uh, discussion before the draft, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Very much looking forward to this. And you really want to subscribe. Uh, be sure that you're subscribed. Be sure that your friends are subscribed. Be sure your family su- subscribe because uh, our big draft extravaganza is next week. Um, but the, your your friends and family will want to listen to this episode too because there's been some news. There's been some draft news this week, and and with the draft just a few days away, um, it's getting the, the the atmosphere. You can feel it is intensifying. Uh, the the there's all kinds of of rumors and speculations and drama, uh, and we're here today to to tell you what the latest picture is with respect to the draft just a few days away. So if you don't already know, the Montreal Canadiens do have the first overall selection in the 2022 NHL entry draft. The draft is happening here in Montreal, and we're all anxiously waiting around uh, to hear what uh, the Montreal Canadiens are going to do with that first overall pick. And uh, like you said, there have been some reports coming uh, from around the league on uh, various things. I think the first one I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start with is uh, a guy named uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. So it has been uh, rumored that Pierre Luc Dubois has uh, told the Winnipeg Jets that he is not interested in re-signing with them after next season. Uh, his name has been linked to Montreal a little bit. People have been saying that uh, Dubois does have some interest in playing with Montreal long term. But he's also connected to the Rangers. So I'll get your thoughts here on uh, what you think might be happening with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Well, Francois Gagnon from uh, RDS, um, his article was all about Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and, and the interest that the New York Rangers have in him. So if it was a strong interest with respect to the Canadians, 
I think Francois would be <laughs> talking about that. But there has been uh, multiple conversations between the Rangers and the Winnipeg Jets about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, there was a really interesting article uh, by Larry Brooks. You know Larry Brooks, the New York Post, uh, the flamboyant kind of uh, reporter for the Rangers, uh, was warning, please, no, no Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, we like our team as it is. We don't want to give up Philip Cheadle. Um, so that was that was an interesting take. But given that Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, just his name alone, his, his origins alone, uh, there's going to be uh, that connection uh, to Montreal. Um, and it was um, Ken Weeb from, um, uh, from Sportsnet, the Winnipeg reporter, that said uh, that he believes that Kent Hughes has reached out uh, and that there is some, some interest, whether it's mild interest, um, in, uh, in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, now, different regime, uh, very different regime, um, but uh, Mark Bergevin was always very interested in Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and certainly at his draft. Uh, and you can understand why, uh, given his, um, again, um, his, his, his birthplace, um, his ability to speak French, but also all of the tools that uh, come with him, his size, um, his skill, um, his transition game, his ability to play at center or the wing. Um, so we were there, uh, and we were very close to the draft floor in Buffalo in 2016, and we saw um, the the multiple conversations uh, on the draft floor between Mark Bergevin and Yarmo Kaikalaikin and uh, for Columbus, and um, w- the 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 issue was um, that uh, we remember this was the Austin Matthews draft. The Leafs picked first, um, the Jets picked second. Patrick Lina, uh, and then the third round pick, the third uh, overall pick was owned by um, Columbus, and um, uh, Mark Bergevin was pleading, pleading, and uh, with and getting quite agitated uh, with the the GM from Columbus. Um, and at one point, Yarmo just waved at Mark Bergevin's face and walked off. It was it was dramatic, absolutely dramatic, and we knew what it was about. It was about um, asking um, Yarmo Kakalikin to pass on uh, Pierre Luc Dubois because the Montreal Canadiens had a deal in place. Um, remember, the Canadians were picking ninth; they picked Sergachev. At ninth, but they had a deal in place with the Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver Canucks picked fifth, and the Montreal Canadiens were going to send who? Pierre uh, PK Subban uh, for that fifth overall pick and other other pieces. But it was basically uh, PK Subban to Vancouver for that fifth overall pick, and at fifth overall, they were going to pick Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, that didn't happen. A few days later, of course, the the blockbuster trade, Subban for Weber happened. Um, so this was an almost, uh, and I only mention it um, and remind folks of it uh, because the organization um, has, um, you know, has had their sights on Pierre Luc Dubois, and 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 yes, Mark Bergevin isn't around anymore. Uh, his right-hand people aren't uh, around anymore. Scott Mellenby, uh, his the, the uh, Trevor Timmons isn't around. But 
uh, Jeff Molson is there. And Jeff Molson wants a francophone superstar. We know that. We know that. We, we've seen him push for that uh, um, right back to the Louis LeBlanc days. Um, so uh, he might have some influence, even though uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon don't have that history. Uh, they can respect his on-ice abilities, um, but it would be Jeff Molson uh, who would be involved in this. Um, and like I say, uh, there's the Rangers who kind of seem to be a little bit further advanced in this, um, but the Canadians, <laughs> as, as you'd expect, LinkedIn rumors uh, to Pierre-Luc Dubois ahead of the draft. Yeah, I liked what Pierre-Luc Dubois was doing for Columbus when he was under John Tortorella. Uh, it sounded like the relationship between uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and John Tortorella was broken at one point, and that's where uh, Dubois asked for a trade. Uh, the rumor was that Dubois wanted to head to a bigger city, and uh, Montreal was actually linked to him at that point as well. I believe that was still under Bergevin. Dubois, unfortunately, uh, I guess unfortunately for him, ended up in Winnipeg. Uh, doesn't seem like he's been a great fit there, and uh, obviously he certainly is looking for an opportunity elsewhere at this point. So obviously in this segment, we're talking about uh, Montreal uh, first-round draft picks. Uh, do you think that it's possible that Pierre-Luc Dubois for one of Montreal's upcoming first-round picks is a possible trade that could happen? Um, is it possible? <laughs> the Canadians have 14 draft picks. Uh, do they, are they going to trade their first overall pick for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Absolutely not. Um, are they going to try to package, uh, something together, uh, for Winnipeg, um, uh, with a Josh Anderson with, uh, you know, a for who knows, um, it's possible. They have a lot of assets to be able to do that. Um, like I said, I, I, th- I think they're, uh, they're not at the front of the line, uh, when it comes to Dubois, but, um, uh, and, 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 you know, this is something that, um, that, that may affect their draft draft strategy. Do they think that, um, he can play center, uh, or if he's better on the wing, uh, does that affect, uh, who they choose with their, their first overall pick? Um, it's interesting for us to 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 discuss. It's it's something we're presenting and for our our listeners to discuss. Um, but you got to know that there's every year there's all always 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 rumors and stories and excitement around the draft this year more uh, because the the general managers are all, all and and their uh, team is going to be on the draft floor and, and it's, it's more likely that there's going to be uh, more transactions just because of the proximity and their ability to talk to each other. Um, but you know, this, this one, this one is, is not on the expected to happen list. Yeah, that's very well put. I couldn't have said that any better. And uh, obviously with first time uh, GM Ken Hughes, who's only really been at the job for a few months now, it seems like he would not be doing his job if he didn't at least inquire about a guy like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. And uh, it sounds like he's been pretty active as well. Another example of that is that uh, Bruce Garriock, he reported that uh, Kent Hughes uh, would like to obtain another top 10 draft pick this year. Uh, Kent Hughes has supposedly talked to just about every team that's drafting within that top 10. 
Um, there are some teams that uh, have said that uh, they do have a top 10 pick at play. Uh, example is Ottawa. They're searching for a top six forward or a top four D. Uh, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Kent Hughes is going to have any luck at acquiring that second top uh, 10 draft pick this year? Well, you know, and you might find it curious because folks are kind of downplaying uh, the talent available um, at, at, uh, at this draft. But, you know, in that first grouping, um, you're going to get a lot of A-list prospects and, and, um, and, and, and kind of close together, right? So uh, you might be able to get um, a, pro- a prospect at six or seven, five, six or seven, that ends up being the best pick of the draft. That's entirely possible with this kind of, uh, the, the way the, the, this, uh, these prospects are structured. Um, and, and, and listen, again, we've talked about it before that, um, number one for the, uh, for the hockey ops crew, uh, they, they don't want to stay in a rebuild uh, very long. They want to speed this thing up. So from their, uh, from their perspective, uh, to get another first round pick and especially another one in the top 10, uh, that would accelerate their plans significantly. Uh, from um, uh, um, uh, an ownership perspective with Jeff Molson, uh, he wants, and we've said it before, good news, good news, good news, good news stories. Uh, so, so a big splash at the draft, uh, absolutely, he'd be all in on that. Um, you mentioned Ottawa, um, uh, they're at seven. They're a possibility. The Flyers are also at five are a possibility, I think, um, because they're a, a club that is looking to... Um, to gain uh, players who can play now, uh, rather than rather than working at a, a long term strategy, um, and they've said that their their picks uh, open. Bruce Garriott seems pretty uh, convinced that uh, everybody in that top ten, every GM in that top ten, has received a call uh, from Kent Hughes. Whether he's been able to make any progress uh, in packaging up that twenty uh, sixth pick. Uh, with some with some uh, players who can play in a lineup now for these clubs uh, and move up, that would be be a pretty tall order. Um, but we'll see what kind of magic he can deliver on draft day. Yeah, and hey, you mentioned that there was a lot of ten, uh, sorry, a lot of talent within that top ten. Lots of late risers with guys like mm-hmm. Cutter Goche and uh, Marco Casper. Uh, so who knows uh, if. Uh, Kid Hughes does believe that there is a lot more talent uh, within that top 10 to get than, you know what, more power to him for at least inquiring along those lines. Another late riser uh, in uh, a guy like Yura Slavkovsky-Pierre Lebrun has reported the Canadians would be open to swapping picks with the New Jersey Devils, allowing them to take Yuri Slavkovsky at number one. And uh, they, of course, would take uh, Shane Wright at number two. It seems like right now the consensus pick is still uh, right at number one, but uh, Slavkovsky seems like he's been uh, that late riser that could actually go at number one. So I'll grab your thoughts on what could happen there. Again, it's very interesting. And, and th- these are the kinds of things that are, are leaked to reporters so that there's, you know, you're sending messages through the media. Um, but the, the way this was worded by Pierre Lebrun uh, saying many believe that Montreal is waiting uh, for the Devils to pick up their phone and call them. Um, or, or why don't the Canadians call? But um, 
and and again, uh, this is something that looks good on paper uh, in that New Jersey has their centers. Uh, so why would they want a Shane Wright? Why would they want a Logan Cooley? Uh Everyone is expecting that they want Slavkovsky. That may or may not be true. Um, but the, the, the story goes that uh, they want the Devils to call them uh, to, um, uh, to ensure that they get Slavkovsky and they would ask um, you know, for an asset um, uh, to trade back to, uh, to the number two pick. Um, is this plausible? Boy, um, you, you have the number one overall pick uh, at home um, and you're giving it away. Boy, I don't know about that. Uh, the marketing value of that alone uh, is probably worth something something, and maybe more than the, uh, the asset they'd get back for moving back. Um, we'll see. A lot of this is posturing. A lot of this is negotiating via the media. A lot of this is is creating buzz, and 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 much of it too is misdirection uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. But we we remember that in in the short history of Kent Hughes, we saw him say over and over and over again uh, to the media when asked, "No, I do not want to trade Arturi Lekkanen. I will not trade Arturi Lekkanen." He told his coaches. Uh, his coaching staff in the room 15 minutes before the trade happened. No, we're not trading Lekkonen. And then Joe Sackick phoned with the, the deal that he couldn't pass up. Um, it, it, it may be a negotiating tactic. It may be posturing. Uh, whatever it is, it's making news uh, this past week. Yeah, I, I think in most situations, if I'm the Canadians and I can convince the Devils to jump up one spot to take uh, your Slavskovsky and I get an asset for it, you know what? I, I might be doing some cartwheels and backflips. Back uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty good hustle. Do I think it's going to happen? I, I don't necessarily think so. Like you mentioned, this is a, a first overall pick at home. I, I'm not sure that Montreal is going to be willing to do that. Uh and you talked a little bit about uh, Kent Hughes maybe doing some posturing. I mentioned as well, like he's a first-time GM, so we're going to see uh, what his tactics are like going through this draft. Um, what are your thoughts on all these leaks coming out? Uh, do you think that uh, this is stuff coming from Kent Hughes to maybe stir things up, create a little bit of chaos? Well, um, when's the last time the Montreal Canadiens had the first overall pick? This doesn't happen very often. Um, and, and the Canadians are using this situation to the fullest. Uh, they, they've, they've put it out there in the media that um, uh, they have not made up their minds yet, uh, that they're going to use all the available time between now and, and Thursday to, to come to a, a, a consensus. I don't know that that's true, but that's what they want. Uh, they, they want uh, the media to think, and more, more importantly, they want other teams to think. Uh, so that so that that does give them some maneuvering room, um, uh, you know whether that affects uh, the negotiations as well uh, about uh, you know that second uh, top ten pick well, we don't know, um, but but yeah I th- I think that the Canadians are using this situation uh, they're trying to s- see again they, this doesn't happen very often they're trying to see what they can extract. In addition to the first round pick, what else they can uh, um, extract by being uh, in this position? Yeah, and they also have that uh, other first round pick coming up at number 26. 
I've speculated uh, about them potentially moving up with that one. Do you think that that's an opportunity for them to move up from 26 all the way into the top 10? Or do you think that might be a little bit uh, far-fetched? Um, you know, when you look back, there's there's not much precedent. So, you know, what would it cost um, to move up that far? There's very few precedents to 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 see. It would be expensive, obviously, very expensive. But if you have a a win now team and a team that's under pressure, um, and and um, you know you have the Canadians who can afford to be a, a little more patient, um, but it's going to be costly. And we'll just warn fans that uh, that means that uh, one of your fan favorites. Uh, maybe on the move, and and while that may be hard uh, in the short term, uh, it's likely for the best of the organization. Yeah, and Montreal does have quite a few draft picks, not just in the first round, but throughout this entire draft. I believe they're at 14 picks overall. Mm. I, I don't know if you or I are convinced that they'll actually be selecting 14 different players. Uh, so there, there's certainly an opportunity to move up. I don't know if they'll be able to go from 26 to top 10 with, uh, you know, a second or third round draft pick included. But uh, it is interesting to note that uh, that does give them some flexibility to move up and maybe some other areas. Assets are always, um, uh, you know, to be used in multiple ways. Uh, there is a thing, uh, you know, that, that you can have too many draft picks. Uh, you can't bring all of these guys into the organization. You can't develop them all. You can't um, you know, offer entry-level contracts to them. So the, the, the Canadians, um, very, very unlikely they'll be picking 14 times in the draft. Uh, they're going to use those picks to improve their position, whether it's at the top of the draft or um, as, as the and, and listen, it, it may be as simple as uh, moving up from, from 26 into the, you know, into the, the late teens or, or, or 20s. It may be something to that early second round pick uh, that's, that's packaged. We, we, we'll have to see. Um, but um, their preference is, and that's of uh, Jeff Molson and, and, and Jeff Gorton and Ken Hughes, they want to make headlines and so expect some fireworks uh, this week or on draft day. So the 2022 NHL entry draft, I think at this point for that number one pick, it's a bit of a two-horse race. Uh, it's It's got to be one of Ryder Slavkovsky. Uh, apologies to Logan Cooley on that one. But uh, those two seem to be linked to that first overall the most. TSN's Bob McKenzie did release his final draft rankings and kind of going against what uh, we've seen on most of our other lists. He had uh, Uri Slavkovsky at number one, and uh, I, I was a little bit surprised to see that. Well, um, we remember when in episode 197, we've done everything we can to try and give you the, the most information uh, to prepare yourself for the draft. We we had um, uh, Sam Cosentino from, from Sportsnet. We had um, uh, Jerome Berube from the Hockey Prospect uh, Black Book. Uh, last week, we went through um, 10 different um, uh, ranking agencies, the ones that uh, are the most uh, reputable. And at that time, uh, we mentioned Bob uh, McKenzie's rankings. He had Shane Wright, number one, Logan Cooley, number two, uh, Kemmel at three, he had Slavkovsky fifth, but we cautioned that those were his midterm 
uh, rankings and that he had not yet produce, uh, put out his, his final list. That came out uh, this week. Uh, those rankings came out this week with a thud um, because uh, when you look at when you look at at our text messages, it's overwhelmingly uh, Shane Wright that the the fans want. Uh, you look at polls. Uh, TVR Sports had a had a poll. It was eighty some odd percent uh, Canadians fans uh, want uh, Shane Wright. Um, did I say Slavkovsky? No, they want Shane Wright. Um, so when, when Bob's final rankings had, uh, Slavkovsky at the top and, and with, uh, Slavkovsky vaulting from, uh, fifth in, from his midterm rankings, um, uh, it was, it was a surprise. It was, uh, a little bit of a shock, a bit of an earthquake to the Canadians, uh, fan base. Um, and, and so I think it, we don't want to take too much time, but I, I think it's it's worthy, uh, it's important for it's incumbent on us to to explain uh, his rankings and why his rankings differ from anybody else's, um, and and so if we can just spend a few minutes on that because I think um, in this case if you just read the headline, you're doing yourself a, a disservice and you're not necessarily getting the full picture of 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 how his rankings came out the way they did. So I believe we do have uh, the audio from Bob McKenzie explaining those rankings. I don't go out and scout the players. Um, my strength is that I have the ability to talk to a lot of scouts who trust me implicitly and give me information they might not otherwise want to give me. And that allows me to put together a list and become what I would, oh, I've always billed myself as the greatest pseudo draft expert in the history of the draft because I'm not a real scout. Um, our, my pal Craig Button at TSN goes out and actually watches these players. He's far more of an expert on these players than I am. And there's all sorts of people who dedicate their entire lives to nothing but the draft and they are true experts and I'm not. But I am very good at doing what I've done my whole life and that is reporting on things that other people tell me. So, um, well, it's not to put a negative light. Um, I, I didn't want to come here and say Bob McKenzie's not a not a prospect scout. He's he's um, so it's better for Bob to say himself. I'm not a scout. I don't watch the games. I don't know anything about the pro. Well, that's that's an overstatement. He he isn't an expert on uh, on draft prospects. Uh, Bob is a reporter, and now he's a part time reporter. Uh, he's heavily involved uh, promoting Bobby Margarita. Uh, he's retired from P- TSN. He's not going to be on, as he said, he, he wasn't on uh, the, the draft day coverage last year. Um, and and uh, th- that's, that's not what he does. What he does is survey. He, this is not a ranking. It's a survey. Um, and what he does is uh, every year he surveys 10 NHL scouts, uh, sometimes head scouts, sometimes a scout with an amateur scout within the organization. Which 10 scouts? We don't know. Uh, but we're, we, we know that there are 32 teams with a stable of scouts. Uh, so the 10 scouts are a small, very small portion of the total number of scouts uh, that are working for NHL teams. Um, and, and what he does, as I said, is is uh, a survey. 
Um, he, he, uh, to his absolute credit, he has uh, earned their trust so that they, as he said, tell, they tell him things that they won't tell anyone else. Um, so what did those scouts, that group of 10 scouts say? Um, well, at the beginning of the season, 10 of the 10 scouts said Shane Wright was the guy. That was at the, the very beginning of the season. The preseason rankings hit. Bob McKenzie's first survey, 10 out of 10 said Wright was the guy. Um, in, um, in the, once we got to the pre-Olympics, uh, there was another set. Nine of the 10 scouts said Wright was the number one guy, although uh, one of the scouts said uh, that, that things were starting to tighten up. Draft lottery. Montreal Canadiens win the draft lottery. Six of, of nine, uh, there was one um, um, that, that, that didn't participate at that point. Six of nine said, number one guy is right. This final ranking, and he's got Slavkovsky at the top of his list. That's on the basis that in the final survey, five of ten, half of the scouts picked Slavkovsky. Not overwhelming by any means. Four of the ten said right. One of the ten said Logan Cooley. So uh, this is as tight as it could be. Uh, and Bob said, listen, these are these are ten scouts. Go home and pick another group of ten, another group of ten, another group of ten. And, and that other uh, group of ten might have a 5-4 split for Shane Wright. Um, so again, this is a survey. Uh, there's no evaluation done by, by Bob. Um, and and he, he said, I'm not a real scout. I'm a pseudo-draft expert. Um, so how did this happen? How did, how did things move away from uh, Shane Wright uh, to be more split, uh, almost split uh, down the middle? Without that Logan Cooley uh, vote, it would have been uh, split down the middle. But what vaulted... Uh, five scouts to change their mind. What 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 changed the minds of, of five scouts and and allowed Slavkovsky to vault to number one were two tournaments, the Olympics and the World Championships. Um, and whereas whereas Wright had a good uh, he had a good season. He scored goals. He's the most complete player. He's the best skater of the the group. He he left scouts wanting more. Um, um, they wanted more compete level out of him. Um, Slavkovsky, um, he didn't have a very good season in his in his club for his club team. Uh, five goals in thirty one games, and and for the better part of the the season, he was stuck on two goals. Uh, he's a streaky, streaky scorer, um, but where he performed uh, was in those those uh, two tournaments. Um, so um, Bob McKenzie's saying that there, when talking to the scouts, what they tell him is that there are reservations about um, uh, both players, um, that they both have uh, 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 strengths and assets, and they both have flaws. If anyone tells you Slavkovsky doesn't have flaws, run far away. Um, that's just not true. His, his, uh, his streakiness, his inconsistency... Um, his uh, play uh, uh, away from the puck, uh, his skating, 
Um, those are things that, um, that, that just aren't there. But what, what they see uh, as assets are his, his size and skill and drive. Uh, and he's just such a unique specimen that way. Um, whereas, you know, um, Shane Wright, a far more mature game, far more all-round game, better skater, good scorer. Um, so, the, you know, all it's saying uh, these these this draft is is tighter than than it it could be, and part of it is because of the way that scouts uh, had to evaluate this year. Um, you know, uh, Shane Wright in his season finished strong, um, but many scouts didn't see that because. You know, when you're a scout and you know you know what you're you're going to fall in the last half, uh, your pick's going to fall in the last half. You're you kind of focus on where your pick's going to end up. That's just what happens. Uh, yours, although all scouts go, um, you know, all teams send a representative to the Olympics and the World Championships, um, and so that's where Slavkovsky was shined and and he was able to impress them. Um, you know, COVID limited travel, uh, the Russia, Ukraine situation, limited travel of scouts. There was no world juniors, which, uh, you know, that's usually a really good reference point. Um, so this is, this is a different draft. Um, and I just caution Canadians fans don't get discouraged, um, by, you know, some, some negative reports. Don't get discouraged that, uh, if if your guy is right that he's not at the top of of um, the, the Bob McKenzie list, as we said last week, and and now we can include Bob that of our reputable ranking organizations and and most of them, you know, Sam Cosentino goes out and 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 watches players. It's not a survey; it's an actual evaluation. Um, Jerome Brube, excellent job with hockey prospects and that whole crew. Um, they go out and watch the players. Well, eight of 11 of those reputable ranking organizations pick right. Three of, three of the 11 pick Slavkovsky. Um, so I think that the Canadians are in a pretty good position. I think they know what they want to do uh, already. And I think that they've uh, thoroughly evaluated both of these players, uh, their on-ice work, their, their, their video, the analytics have, have been... Uh, chewed over, uh, and that they had the opportunity to the the uh, small group interviews and and uh, a, a dinner for Wright and a and a meeting with with Slavkovsky. They know these players really well, and they know who they think will fit into the line uh, th- their their long term plan for the organization. Yeah, that's uh, that's all very well said, and. I think the moment that Montreal saw that they were trending towards the bottom of the standings, they knew exactly what their scouts needed to do. And they, they've done their research. They've put in all the work that they've, they've been able to at this point, even if they are still kind of debating who they want to take at number one, they, they still have time and, to be honest, I, I have faith that they'll make the correct decision here. Uh, you look at a guy like Slavkovsky at, and I've used the term late riser a few times. That that definitely makes it a little bit difficult to gauge, but uh, 
You know what? Wright's been at the top for a while on a lot of people's rankings. Uh, Wright didn't really get a full major tournament in there, uh, unlike Slavkovsky, who, like you mentioned, he uh, he was able to go to the Worlds. He was able to go to the Olympics. So there's a, a little difference there. And two very different players as well, uh, Slavkovsky being uh, called a power forward, Wright being called just the all-around uh, good uh, good with and without the puck kind of uh, center uh so it uh, there's uh, there's certainly going to be a lot to discuss going forward to the draft, but uh, I think it, it, it's important not to get caught up in this argument of you know who's who should be that number one. You know, Bob said uh, Slavkovsky, this other guy said right. It, you know what? Uh, they're going to make the correct decision. They're going to get the right guy. Um, but Uri Slavkovsky did uh, have some words on uh, why he thought uh, Montreal should uh, select him. Uh, I was reading something that uh, players like Suzuki and Caulfield need the left wing, so uh, I'm sitting here if they want. I'm sitting here if they want me. Come get me. <laughs> um, it's cute. And and, and listen, uh, Slavkovsky, the media love him. He has a great personality. Uh, he's a bit cocky. He's a bit confident. Um, he's, he's fun. He's uh, in a good mood. Um, and, and that was a, that was a great, uh, quote by him. Um, that doesn't mean that, um, that, that, you know, bringing up the fact of he would complete a line of Suzuki and Caulfield, uh, that you, you don't draft, uh, to, for, uh, a player for a line, um, that just doesn't, that rarely works. And, and, and we know, um, that all of the combinations that have been tried for uh, Caulfield and Suzuki, and they haven't found the right one yet. They will, and, and it may be a player within the organization, and, and, and we'll see. But to go out and draft a player specifically for um, a line just because uh, you think on paper it might work, um, that's, that's just silly, and that's not the way things work. But it was a fun quote. And uh, he's got a good sense of humor, and and uh, it certainly was something that that was talked about by uh, Canadians fans this week. Yeah, yeah, you, especially when you have that first overall pick, you, you don't necessarily want to draft for uh, great quotes and humor or for that specific line. Uh, maybe if you're drafting in like the seventh round and you think you might have a shot at something there. Sure. Why not take the hail Mary shot? But uh, first overall, you're taking the guy that you believe will have the greatest impact on your organization. And who knows, is that going to be Slavkovsky? Is that going to be right? We'll find out soon enough on Thursday, but Uh, on Monday, (laughs) yep. On Monday, uh, we do have the Canadians. uh, They did announce that uh, they're going to have a press conference with Kent Hughes and Vincent LeCavalier. Monday, July 4th at 2 p.m. Uh, so if you have the day off, definitely tune into that. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, we have some coverage on that as well. It, uh, I'm guessing it's going to be about the draft. Do we know much about this? Yeah, it, it just said in advance of the draft uh, that, that there would be a media availability. And it's not uncommon. Um, um, you know, Mark Bergevin has had uh, done that uh, type of thing during his tenure. Um, it's, it's, they're not typically, uh, they're not going to say a whole lot, um, and, uh, not necessarily reveal their hand. Will Kent Hughes send, uh, um, uh, use it to, to send another message to, to, uh, other teams or not? We'll, we'll see. 
Um, and Vinny LeCalvier being there, uh, and we know he is a uh, consultant to um, uh, Ken Hughes and to the Hockey Ops uh, crew. Um, I, I'm sure, um, you know, fans always like seeing him at, at press conferences. So uh, we're going to be uh, watching that, monitoring it closely. Uh, make sure that you are following us on social media and, uh, and we'll get uh, whatever quotes and whatever information is revealed uh, out to you as soon as possible. Awesome. And before uh, we head out to our final break here, Rick, uh, do you have any final statements on this segment? Well, again, this is just, uh, this is the excitement of, of being um, a Montreal Canadiens fan, uh, being, uh, having your team, having uh, the first overall pick, uh, being at home. Uh, and I would say enjoy it. I know fans have, have uh, uh, you know, are, are fighting for their favorite on social media and, uh, and, and getting some getting quite concerned about these leaks and these rumors and the speculation. Um, it doesn't happen very often that your team has the first overall pick. I would enjoy it, have some fun with it. Um, and, 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 you know, rather than key in on, on one ranking or another, try to take all the information and, and, um, you know, uh, just as a, as a, an analytic stat doesn't define a player or a, or a, um, a game, uh, neither does one uh, draft ranking or a draft survey. Uh, so, so, so use all of this information, filter it out, and then, um, as we said last week, uh, be the GM, make your decision. We've heard from a lot of you, uh, and, um, and I, you know, I guess that, that sets up perfectly our Have Your Say segment coming up. Yeah, we'll get to hear from you in just a little bit. But for now, we'll take our final break on Canadians Connection. Stay with us. This is Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. 
For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 198 of Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website canadiansconnection.com. Feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. And back here for the Have Your Say segment, I am Michael Spinella, and uh, I've got Rick Stevens with me. Well, this has uh, been an exciting show, um, and and our final draft, uh, our final show before the draft, um, and our listeners, our fan base, our hockey community, our Rocket Sports All Habs uh, community has uh, has an awful lot to say about uh, what we've been presenting them. Yeah, we had our chance uh, to speak in uh, the big topic segment the last few weeks, so we'll let the our listeners have their say. But first, I'll let you know what is happening at allhabs.net. There's been uh, quite a bit of news from uh, Habsland, so make sure you head over there and check out uh, the All Habs Hockey Magazine featuring the Habs Notepad that comes out weekly, the Habs headlines that get sprinkled in there as they happen, and, of course, coming up to the draft starting next Thursday, our All Habs Draft Tracker will be providing you real-time updates throughout the first round for all teams. And then uh, when we get to, to rounds two through seven, we'll be showing you all the Habs picks as they happen. Currently, they have 14. So if you want to stay up to date, uh, if, if you're at work, uh, open up a tab at uh, allhabs.net and uh, keep refreshing. We'll update you on everything that's going on there. Absolutely. And, and what we try and do, we know you're busy. It's the summer. Um, we try to, to uh, give you capsules of information. We try to, so you don't have to go running around all different sources. Uh, you'll be able to find everything you need um, at allhabs.net. Just uh, bookmark the page and, and uh, go back there often. You can also head over to YouTube, the Habs Hockey Report. Comes out every Thursday, hosted by Amy Johnson. This week's episode, the Stanley Cup sentiments. She'll update you on everything Laval Rocket, Montreal Canadiens, and a little bit of news from around the NHL. I, I believe she gets into some stuff about Lekkonen this week. Make sure you leave her some comments as well. Uh, she always replies to those. Sometimes uh, she'll even read them out uh, on air on the next episode. So if you want to interact with us, that's a great way to do that. That's youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, make sure you subscribe there as well. Uh, she asks a, a question of the week, and this question, this week's question was uh, a fascinating one. Uh, what would you do with your day with the Stanley Cup? Where would you take it? What would you? What would you? How would you? Um, you know, share it, and and what would you eat from it? <laughs> All of those kinds of things. Fascinating. Uh, so make sure that you uh, listen to the and watch the episode on YouTube, and then uh, leave your answer to that question. And, of course, uh, we have our Rocket Sports Radio podcast, Canadians Connection. We'll continue every Saturday throughout the summer. 
And we also have the Press Zone that comes out Tuesday evenings. On next week's episode, it will be Amy and Rick, and uh, they will cover some of what's happening at uh, the Montreal Canadiens press conference that's uh, been called for Monday afternoon with Kent Hughes and Vincent LeCavalier. So make sure, I've been saying it, but make sure you're subscribed. Uh, Make sure you tell uh, your fellow Canadians fans to subscribe. We've had uh, our... our uh, listens, our downloads have been skyrocketing uh, for the draft coverage. Uh, we want to make sure that you subscribe so you stick around because uh, once the draft happens, uh, there's going to be all kinds of news and it's going to happen real quickly. Uh, and you're going to want to take the Canadians connection with you wherever you go uh, this summer. So now it's time for our Canadians connection question of the week. And uh, it's a simple one. Uh, Shane Wright or Uri Slavkovsky. Uh, we'll head over to facebook.com slash allhabs and uh, we'll uh, take a look at some of your replies. Well, the, the, for the most part, um, and, and, and uh, we're going to, to ask you to come back and revisit this because for the most part, um, where we have um, overwhelmingly uh, allhabs fans, uh, Canadians fans coming to facebook.com slash allhabs. Uh, uh, it's 90% uh, Shane Wright, uh, and that's great. Uh, does the, the uh, fact that Bob McKenzie's survey have uh, Slavkovsky, has that changed your view? Uh, we see a little bit of love for Logan Cooley as well uh, on our Facebook pages. Uh, and again, uh, our, our Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET, uh, has uh, a lot of love there for, for Shane Wright. So um, let us know as we get down to the last few days. Uh, either confirm your opinion uh, or um, if your opinions change, tell us and tell us why. Yeah, You mentioned uh, Shane Wright's getting a lot of love. Uh where are the Slavkovsky fans at? Let's see if we can even this out, uh, just like all our favorite scouts do as well. And uh, coming up uh, next week, uh, we do have some important dates I'm, for much. Oh, uh, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. I'm just going to read an, uh, an email because we don't want to forget our, our folks who, who like to write us via email. Um, there's those who, who check in on social media, those who text us. But you can email us at info at allhabs.net. I got a nice long email from our good friend and loyal listener, Dino. Um, And he says, uh, hi, guys, just listened to uh, Saturday's podcast. That was last week's podcast where we talked about all the draft rankings. Very interesting stuff. I just wanted to tell you, uh, if it was me, who would I select? Well, before I tell you, I would do a few things first. First, I have to tidy up some loose ends and do some housekeeping stuff. Uh, let's give back the name of our rink, uh, not the Bell Center, but the Montreal Forum. Let's rename the Bell Center. Uh, let's bring back Trevor Timmons, our loyal brain trust for so many years. Um, hire you, Rick, to the management team. Your insight, vision, evaluation of the talent, team philosophy, team construction, and decision-making skills are exemplary. And then I would meet with uh, Jeff Molson uh, to address the state of the union and why beer products are so expensive. One more thing, I'd reach out to PK Subban and see if we can get him back to where he belongs. And then, with the first overall pick, I would pick Shane Wright. That's my story, and I'm sticking to a great email. Thank you, Dino. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to let us know what you would do uh, as, uh, as GM of the Montreal Canadiens. 
Yeah, maybe we should be hiring Dino to be uh, the manager of the Montreal Canadiens. I like all of these decisions. I do too. <laughs> so important dates for the Montreal Canadiens coming up next week, July the 7th. It's the first round of the NHL entry draft. And then the next day on the 8th in the afternoon, it's uh, the second through to the seventh round of the NHL entry drafts. So like I said, head over to allhabs.net and we'll keep you up to date on everything happening draft wise. That's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe to the Canadians connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. You can also share on social media. If you like what you heard today, enjoy the week. We'll see you back here next Saturday, July the 9th for another great episode. Thank you all for to listening through uh, Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm.